What's up, Bucks fans? David here, back with another episode of Dear Bucks. Today we go over the Bucks' 16th straight win against the New Orleans Pelicans, which they won last night at a final score of 127 to 112. This game, the best way to describe it was really extended garbage time. The game was basically over from the minute it started. No Giannis last night, so it was a good opportunity to see what the rest of the Bucks could do uh, without their superstar. And of course, so much of the offense is actually built around Giannis and his unique combination of talents. So our man, the Turkish delight, the Turkish sensation, Ersan Ilyasova, stepped into the starting lineup, uh, not to take Giannis's place, but to you know, fill in and give the starting unit a different look and a different feel. And, of course, he has so many years of experience. And the Bucks came out, and they were dominant from basically the tip. Chris Middleton started out the game very hot. He hit seven of our first nine points, uh, a pull-up three, a couple mid-range jumpers. And from that point on, we really just rocked the third quarter, I Third quarter, excuse me, the first quarter. I think we ended up getting up by 20 already in the first quarter, something like 32 to 12. The things that stood out in that first quarter and the first half, really, excellent ball movement. The team was really sharing the ball well, driving, drawing in the defense, kicking, ball rotation, ball rotation, or driving to the baseline, cross court pass, then ball rotation, ball rotation. We were getting wide open looks. Uh, good back cuts as well. And you've got to credit the Bucks for part of that. They were doing really well in terms of sharing the ball, being active on their cuts. And then some of that goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. You can see they don't communicate well on defense. And really, once the Bucks started putting the clamps on them, they weren't really up for the fight. And they ended up giving in a little bit. Uh, and that trend continued the whole first half. The halftime score was 64-46. Our defense was excellent, and that was the other thing that really stood out. Great rotations, very active on defense. People were taking pride in their individual one-on-one matchups. And I'm saying all this, and it's not new because this is what the Bucks do. We're a great defensive team. But you can see when Wes Matthews is isolated, he bodies up, he forces to the help, but he very rarely lets his man beat him. Uh, the effort when... One of our players, like Dante, gets picked, and he's fighting over the screen on the top, but the ball handler slides by, and then Dante runs back to get a good contest on the shot while Brooke Lopez or Urson is corralling in the paint and, and giving them time to catch up. So the schemes, you can see now our team, our players, are very comfortable in Bud's schemes, and they continue to gain more comfort in those schemes. And it's it's really paying off, and I think you see that a lot in these games against lesser teams, like these lesser teams and Pelicans also are a new team. They've got a lot of new faces. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't know the best strategy for them. They're also not trying as hard as the Bucks. So you take the effort the Bucks put in with the fact that they know what they want to do. And I think the reason that they can put in so much effort is, one, the makeup of the players, but, two, because they know what they want to do and they know it will be successful, it's easier to put in a lot of effort because they trust in Coach Bud's system. And I think that's one of the reasons you're seeing such a great Bucks team this year. And that was on full display last night. 
So 18-point lead at halftime. I haven't mentioned, and I should mention, the player of the game and the player of the first half as well, I would have to say would be Eric Bledsoe. He finished with 29 points, 10 of 13 shooting. First quarter, he had three threes, three straight threes. He was attacking the basket, finishing. In the second quarter, he put a nice little hezzy on Drew Holiday, who is one of the best on-ball guards uh, in the NBA. Went behind the back, looked to his left, froze him, crossed back over, finished easy at the basket with the right hand. It was incredible. IKE Bucks had a great tweet about it. Uh, check them out on Twitter, and you can see uh, they always live tweet the games. And so Eric Blitz was incredible the whole night, and he was by far for me the best player on the floor. And again, he's excellent on defense. I think he should. he's putting himself in the running for back-to-back first-team All-NBA defense because he very rarely gets beat. He's one of the most athletic people on the floor at all times. He's quick. He's very strong. And so he's hard to beat off the dribble, and he's really good at fighting over screens. So I'd have to say for him, player of the game, and two honorable mentions then. Ursan had 18 points, super active on his cuts, getting a lot of wide-open looks at the basket, confusing the Pelicans' defense, and again, active on the offensive rebounds, and he drew a couple charges, as is typical, per usual Ursan. The game is not complete if Ursan doesn't draw at least one charge. Um, Chris Middleton then would be the other honorable mention. He had 24 points. He started us out really well. He was hot. Kind of cooled down a little bit in the second and third quarters. And then the fourth quarter, um, that whole second half was garbage time, really. Like the Bucks were middle of the third quarter up by 20-odd points. And, you know, the Pelicans aren't really up for the fight. Then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, the Bucks just lackadaisical human nature sets in they're not taking it quite as seriously and the lead comes comes down all the way to 12 with you know a few minutes of game time left which is enough more than enough time to mount a comeback chris middleton comes in and he hits a couple mid-range baskets and extends the lead and we get stops on the other end and then all of a sudden the game is over again because it's out of reach it's at 16 points or whatever and there's not enough time anymore for the Pelicans to come back. So shout out to Chris Middleton. Started us out hot. Finished us the right way. Big part of the victory last night. Finished with 24 points again. And so when I'm looking at this game, what I'm really looking at is first half. Second half, because it was pretty much all garbage time, I don't think we can learn too much about the team. Because um, I don't necessarily know it's a, a knock against the Bucks, but it's just human nature to when you build a lead that big and the other team isn't giving their best effort, that you don't give your best effort. It's very difficult to maintain a level of focus, and the Bucks did um, well enough to win. But that first half, rotations defensively, all over the board, super active, deflections, um, stopping open shooters, running them off the line, corralling them to the shots we want them to take, and making life just difficult. And then on the offensive side of the ball, spread out, like uh, everybody's scoring. I think if you look... Like the first TV timeout or the first timeout that was taken in the game in the first quarter. At that point, Eric Bledsoe had hit a three, Middleton had seven points, Brooke Lopez had scored, and Ursan had scored. So we had scored, you know, maybe seven baskets, and four different players scored those seven baskets. And that trend continued throughout the game. Everyone contributed. George Hill had 13, Kyle Korver had seven, Wes Matthews had nine, Brooke Lopez had nine, right? Sterling Brown had seven. Dante only had three, but. 
if you look at what he contributes on the defensive end, my God, his anticipation and his the way he can read the game defensively is incredible. He's a huge asset to the team. Robin Lopez hit it. So everybody was playing well. Typical. This is what I mentioned on the last podcast. One of our unique strengths, our unique strength, is the depth. And that was on display last night. And it was a great opportunity for people to step up without Giannis. Everyone did. Eric Bledsoe, I think, stood tall above the others as the guy who really stepped up. Very efficient performance. Ran the show like a true point guard. And love, 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 love to see it. So what's next for the Bucks? The Bucks are looking at a back-to-back, a Friday-Saturday. So Friday, they're going to Memphis. They're going to Memphis to play Memphis in Memphis, and that is a dangerous game for the Bucks. Of course, I will preview that game uh, probably later today. I will record the preview to that game. But that is a dangerous game. They've got John Morant who is a highlight reel waiting to happen. Every game he does something incredible, and usually he does many things incredibly. If you haven't checked it out already, last night Memphis played the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. Memphis got the W. At the end of the game, John Morant absolutely bastardized Aaron Baines. And as we know, Aaron Baines is no stranger to being bastardized, as Giannis has done it many, many times when he was on the Celtics. But John Morant annihilated Aaron Baines underneath the rim in a clutch basket at the end of the game. And if you just watch his highlights, he does something highlight-worthy every game. Behind the backs, finishes at the layups. Great explosion. Um, And Memphis has been tough at home. They have other good talent like Jaron Jackson Jr., and so it's not to be slept on, especially because Coach Buddis said that we're going to be cautious, conservative with Giannis, and we've got a back-to-back because then we're coming back home to play Cleveland. So I have a feeling Giannis will sit out either both of those games or if he only sits out one, he will sit out the one at Memphis. And if he does that, that will be a dangerous game for us. So to keep the, an eye out for that as the Bucks head into Memphis, um, and see how that game goes for us, as they have enough talent to to shock us, surprise us, and end this run before it gets going. Final point I want to touch on before I sign off here. Bucks with the 16th win last night, they have now matched the second longest winning streak in Bucks history. Uh, I believe with the 73 team. The only Bucks team that has ever won more games was the 1971 Milwaukee Bucks, who won 20 games in a row. And, of course, that year that they won 20, they went on to win their only NBA title with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, and so the Bucks actually tied with the 1970 team is the team that won 16 games in a row. So right now the Bucks are on the second longest winning streak in franchise history. They're chasing... That Bucks team that won 20 in a row, not only for the single season win streak, but also to win that NBA title and bring our second NBA title to Milwaukee. And I think what's great is we've seen right now we're in a, in a league, right? A duopoly. We've got a bunch of dual stars, but we've seen before. And in this past decade, actually, we've seen twice where when you have one superstar, like a all-time great player, which Giannis is. 
and you surround him with the right pieces in the right system, you can win a championship against teams that may be more talented than you or have more superstars than you. What are our two examples, the big two examples? One, last year, the Toronto Raptors. Everyone was ready, you know, Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, the whole Raptors team because they couldn't get it done. Putting Kawhi instead of DeMar, you've got a generational, once-in-a-lifetime superstar who carries you to the NBA Finals and you win. 2011, you've got LeBron, Wade, Bosh against Dirk and a great cast of supporting players, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, J.J. Barea, right? You could see the Heat of 2011 were not fully comfortable playing together. They didn't have a system. The Mavericks had a system, a generational player in Dirk, and they made it work, and they won an NBA title. So I think recent history has proven to us this Bucks system can work. And if Bledsoe and Middleton can produce in the highest of moments, which they didn't do in the Toronto series last year, then we will be good. Also, the other point to note, if Giannis steps up his game to the point where he can't be taken out of the game and not shooting like he did in the Toronto series, which I don't think will happen again, then there is less pressure on Middleton and Bledsoe to perform at an elite level, and they can perform at their regular level, and then they may overperform because of the lack of pressure. So I think that's something to watch out for far into the future as we look forward to the playoffs this year. But wrap up. Bucks beat the Pelicans 127-112. 16-game winning streak. Heading into Memphis on Friday. 17 on the line. Giannis will likely not play. Let's see what happens. Over and out.